Live, guys, what is up? Welcome to a Christmas special of A Thompson and Other Disappointments. It's episode 235. Um, we're fast approaching the end of the year. Uh, so we are. And so I thought uh, it might be fun to, you know, to do a sort of casual look back at the year just gone. Uh, it might be fun to just relive some of this awful time, right? Because, I mean, you know, partly it'll give me a chance to crack some of the same jokes that I've already cracked, you know, in March and June and, uh, and whatever. Um, but also partly because it's been, you know, it's been a fun old time this year, hasn't it? And where a lot of people might have come through a difficult time like this and they might think, well, at least that's over. Now, I'm just glad I never have to go through that again. Because this is a show that seeks to look at the muck of life, that seeks to wrap its darkness around your light and bum you out. Uh, I thought you were going to say something completely different. <laughs> uh, so that then my audience might be receptible to a helping of gallows humour if we, you know, if we bum them out a little bit. Um, basically, I thought, let's get a few stories of the year, um, try and make sense of the senseless. Maybe we'll go on a few rants and tangents of chaos and mayhem or rangents of mayos to shorten it a little bit, which would actually make a pretty good band name. It would actually. Ta um, Tantric Nan's already gone down the shitter, so. <laughs> um, anyway, look, Friday night is a guested show, and I thought, who would be good to get on and help me acerbically reckon with uh, this week's news and also the news of the last 12 months? And I thought, none other than returning favourite, uh, one of my most frequently booked guests, the always deadly Super Tansky. Welcome to the show! Woo! What is up? What is up, G-Punk? How are you doing, what man? What is Cheers. up, shit flap? Mm. So <laughs> that's the introduction done. Now, should we just go back to talking about whatever? Hip-hop? Um, yeah, probably. I feel like... Well, before, before we started this, like in that like, couple of minutes, because I was always late, I'm always late, we were just, um, I was just talking to Aid about my books, my notebooks, and these, this is what I have in terms of um, Tory country mm. since around May this year. Two full A4, are they? They're, they're, they're big journals, yeah. yeah. Like, they're just um, full. Of, actually, no, I've not filled up the second one yet. Okay. We're getting there. We're getting there. But, I mean, we're not talking about, like, empty books. We're just talking about, like, books full. Yeah. Oh, that one's not full. full this is my most recent one of notes of just I, I try to keep tabs on them and this isn't all of it though yeah this isn't even all of it this is just this is the thing it. isn't it it's like sometimes i think we we lean uh clumsily into the realm of the cliche communist by like keeping keeping lists keeping like oh make a note of his name or her name and just put me there but then i actually think Really, this like if you motherfuckers weren't so incompetent and corrupt, and like we wouldn't have to keep notes. <laughs> like it's occurred to me in the last couple of weeks, I'm like I should be keeping a spreadsheet because there's yeah. so much that happens that you do just lose track of it. So unless you have a journal or a spreadsheet or something, you do like, you know, it all kind of disappears into the mesh of Tory country. Well, yeah, because they've been just doing the old um, Johnson method now for the last like three years just the whole you, you take the, the wheat 
just throw it out. And uh, people like so bamboozled by the sheer volume of shit that you're throwing at them mm. that they don't even know where to begin. And I honestly believe that is a tactic. Yeah. And it's so hard to kind of work your way through the mire of it all and get a kind of really solid assessment of what's actually happening beyond the spin, even if you are a news or a politics junkie. Mm. It's really hard to make sense of it, of the murk of it, because there's so much of it. And you're thinking, right, okay, so these two scandals here, are they just to deflect from that really other really bad scandal? Mm. Or is it just happening that they're just so fucking corrupt and terrible that all these things are just happening simultaneously? Yeah. I mean, was, you know, one of which would have brought down a Labour government immediately. You know, the, it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. The, the thing that blew my mind, I, I learned this a, a couple of years ago now. Somebody was saying what they do, what they absolutely do, yeah is they find out stuff, like the Whips office will find out stuff about their own MPs, their own cabinet ministers. Mm -hmm. And then when somebody sort of quote unquote important gets in trouble, they will throw that cabinet minister under the bus, brief it out to the tabloids. So the tabloids then run after that story and this guy over here is safe. I was like, fucking hell. Like, so yeah. not only is there incompetence and selfishness and sociopathy, but there's also a a callousness there. Like, I always thought they're all on the same team. They all look out for each other and, you know, fuck everyone Ooh. else. But actually, it's fuck everyone, literally fuck everyone else apart from me. Do you know what I mean? Have you seen the thick of it? Uh, bits here and there, yeah. Because uh, it, it astounds me that, that anyone, any, because whenever I see me, like, talk to any of you guys and you haven't seen the thick of it, I'm like, how the hell? Because it's, um, it's worse than that. Like, I've heard from actual MPs that the thick of it is, like, kid stuff compared to how bad it actually is. Armando Anucci was proper on it. Yeah. He exposed it to so many people that I don't think had any idea. But as you were describing, there's a spreadsheet that was going around, wasn't there, that to this day, I don't know if it's true. Disclaimer, don't sue me. I Allegedly, know how reportedly. Yeah, all of that. Um, but they were like, they had different names of people like Amber Rudd, Liz Truss, um, Quasi Quarteng, Fabricant. Yeah. And I'm not going to say who was assigned to who, but some of them had shagged each other, apparently. Yeah. Some of them were handsy with uh, junior staff members. I think and it's very, like, I know that we're, we're being very legally careful here, but isn't it quite widely known, reported and joked about that Liz Truss fucked Qu Quasi Quarteng? I yeah, like... I put it in a video and I actually had a oh, I was gonna nearly said who it was then. I had a, an MP inbox me because in the video I said, Come on, Liz, you can tell us. Did you fuck him? <laughs> and, and, and I had like um a Labour MP PM me with just like capital letters. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine you must get quite a lot of that. And I don't think we've ever spoken about this before, but now it's just sort of landed in my head. Like, so do you get a lot of Labour MPs privately contact you, uh, sort of celebrating you as a conduit for the things that they could never say? Like a couple. Oh, right. Okay, cool. A couple, I would imagine, but, yeah. To be honest with you, like I'd never say who it is or no, no. what they've said or share anything, but there are there are a couple, like, and I'm not, you know, um gonna go into who they are because I wouldn't wanna 
break the kind of unspoken trust. No, no, I mean, not this early in the podcast. Like, leave, leave, give yourself a couple of glasses of wine first, right? <laughs> yeah, they don't talk tactics with me. They don't talk, uh, you know, anything like that. They'll just, like, if I tweet something mm. that is, like, <laughs> really funny, yeah. they'll send me the tweet and they'll laugh about it with me and they'll say, this is fucking brilliant, genius, yeah. you know. But um, they don't give away their their secrets. But um, And it's not just, yeah, there's been a couple from other parties Two that have, that have DM'd me on Twitter, going, "This is this is just gold. Well done." Yeah, you know. Um, but it's just that's just usually when I'm in peak piss take mode. Really, it's not, you know. The good thing <laughs> about, yeah, uh, oh, I was about to say battling the Tories. I don't know if that's the right word. Maybe it is. Um, is that they fuck up so often, so similarly? Like as yeah. I was going through some of the the top stories of the year earlier in in preparation for our our chat. I was struck by how similar some of the story. I mean, we all know the stuff about how many Tory MPs have been accused of sexual misconduct. Uh, we all know like various lobbying scandals. Only this week we've got this sort of Lineker BBC versus the Telegraph kind of 2.0 thing where there's people go, oh, you should sack him. You've got to get rid of him. I'm like, have you cunts forgotten how this turned out like last time? Nothing's changed. He's Everyone went on strike, mate. Everyone. So again, I missed yeah. that. Sorry, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't work last time. It's not going to work this time. It's just this is just everything that you're seeing from the Conservative Party now. I think I can quite safely say that most of what you are seeing is just pure deflection. Monbiot mm. was spot on when he said that it is just performative bullying. But the problem is with this performative. It's not just performative. They're kind of legislating against reality. Mm. It's all just a massive deflection away from their fuck ups. Like look at the horrific outcomes that it's had in terms of you know, I'm surprised only one asylum seeker has taken their own life so far, mm. considering the reports that I've seen from inside the centers where they keep them basically under house arrest with no money for ages because they can't process or they refuse to process the backlog mm. because they don't want to let the immigrants in. Um, so they've got to kind of make a big fuss out of these hotels, which are simply just a marker of their failures. Like mm. this is the thing. So they've got to deflect at any turn. So they're like, Oh yeah, let's, uh, let's kick the shit out of the disabled people or the people on benefits or yeah. the asylum seekers. Or, and or, then whilst uh, everyone's too busy doing that, we're just going to quietly carry on taking all the money, not talk about the billions in fraud, not talk about the hundred billion we've wasted. Job done. You mm. know, it's fucking in enraging. Yeah. And when they run out of people to other, then it becomes American XL bully dogs. <laughs> like I was you know scanning through old stories and stuff i was like oh yeah do you remember that weird two-week thing where it was some big you literally had the home secretary talking about dog safety and i remember looking at the news could just going like it's oh my god like is there no like sort of cyber crime or like organized crime or nca stuff or people trafficking what the fuck are we doing with a home secretary on the tv going like well here's the latest developments in dog safety like i'm sure it's a serious thing <laughs> but is it that serious really sue well no this is this is the thing yeah it's it's absolute madness i mean mm. like uh, that's another i, I mean I'm, I'm certain everyone's seen the uh, uh monbio kind of um question time yeah, bit yeah. That he was talking about but he he was right when he was saying it's verging on like just absolute insanity yeah. at this point and because there is so little consistent constructive accountability in any form of press or media, etc., they just fucking get away with it and they just hurl out more and more because it's their mates that are working for the Express or it's their mates working for the Standard or, 
you know it, it mm. is just it is just so infuriating that they can just get away with with murder and you know you, you were talking about organized crime they are the organ they, they are the organized crime syndicate like they're the biggest one in the country and they're also the biggest scroungers um whilst they're going around trying to take prescriptions off people mm. that um you know may not be able to work and like that the, one of the things that enraged me the most this year happened recently with hunt talking about how oh well um trying to defend that prescription thing saying oh well you know if people are too sick to work we need to help them back in there's nearly eight million on the fucking nhs waiting list dickhead those people might not be able they might be waiting for an operation they might mm. be waiting for mental health services which are non-existent so um yeah sure like yeah that would help them but you're not fucking doing anything are you like you're just performatively as monbio said beating the shit out of them and uh tipping them over the edge whilst taking away the services they need mm. to get back on their feet yeah i mean i sort of look at it more i mean yes so it, it's clearly it's a mean-spirited policy i don't know if they'll ever be able to fully roll that one out like is is the upside of it in a similar oh, fashion to the, the well the visa uh thing that cleverly tried uh briefing on a couple of weeks ago that immediately got jumped on by everyone like because everyone knows someone that's got like a foreign wife or a foreign husband like literally splitting up families how's that for state overreach and 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 sort of uh, brushing up awkwardly against the whole sort of conservatism of family values and, and all that brushing stuff. Up awkwardly it, it, for a Tory. yeah it's it's the sort of policy that will break right out of westminster reach out and touch people that they would really rather that it doesn't and so for like within I don't know, a day, I was like, this is going to get rolled back. There's going to be a U-turn on this. And I think it will be similar with the prescriptions things. I, th I think that will be, hopefully, touch wood, a step too far. Um, but you're right. It is, It like, I, I look at it through a sort of a prism of economics where it's like the only reason that they're even considering trying to get away with something like that is because they know how fucked the economy is. And actually, when it comes down to it, they would rather let their mates in the banks and the big wealth management firms and big tech, or whatever, they'd, they'd let them get away with the tax avoidance and so on and offshoring and all of that. Then, like this over here, this is way easier to do. We'll just slash these guys. They can, they'll pick up the tab. They're like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. <clears throat> but the problem is the these fires... That are, that are slowly like setting fire to the entirety of Britain. Mm. They're in every single public service and sector you can imagine. So there's the issue we've had. I think it was like 16 housing ministers since yeah. the toys came. Yeah, 16 fucking housing ministers, and they don't crack on and do their jobs. They just um, you know pretend to be a minister for a bit, get the huge payoff, go on to the maybe the next minister role. Look at Shaps for Christ's sake. Yeah, we've got social care issues. Um, toys didn't quite finish what they started. We're trying to kill off as many people as they could to try and solve that with COVID. Um, and then you've got you know every single every single like public service or need um that people might have is fucked nhs fucked housing fucked yeah um economy their fault fucked everything is just absolutely fucked and it's all their fault so everything that they do is just a kind of like look over here look over here this thing you know just a distraction tactic yeah. i mean this is the problem you can't name a single 
like the seas fucked full of full of shit there's you look around even just looking out your window you can see yeah you boarded up shops you know high streets on their ass you know people's nans going on only fans to get a tits out to pay the gas bill you know yeah it's- <laughs> yeah no you're right and it's it's like it sounds like a cliche but that's only because it's so true that it's been said by so so many people that there is not one sector or segment of society to my mind that has improved since they came to power in that coalition like education health social housing private housing the sea yes. the rivers the environment everything has gone <laughs> What have they conserved, you know, yeah. apart from like uh, uh, greed, uh, money, um, incomes for hedge funders and disaster capitalists? That's what they've conserved. Yeah. That's what they've done. Tanked the economy. Who cashed in? Fucking o- O'Day, who's yeah. always lurking around, you know, like some wanker at the feast ready to just cash in on on whatever he can, whatever crisis Britain's having, whatever crisis Ukraine's having. He cashed in on the gas prices. Um yeah. Just after Russia invaded Ukraine, big donor to Rees Mogg, and yeah. then you look at Somerset Capital. I think one of the people that set up some Somerset Capital with Rees Mogg um, has huge shares in Infosys, and then it's just you just see like the problem is when you start going down this path, you end up like sometimes feeling and looking like a conspiracy theorist because you make all the fucking links mm. and you're like this is actually published published stuff this is actual fact it's you know bbc journalists other journalists are talking about this but it's just like most of the public are just blithely unaware of it like they mm. have absolutely no idea that this is all going on i didn't until i ended up like making this my hyper focus in life um but then I guess that's where twats like you and me come in and we make videos about it and we try and um, reach people and tell them about it because it's um, too big not to know this stuff. Yeah, and sort of to, to go back to what you were saying earlier about how their friends work within the newspapers and, you know, they're all quite chummy and also to sort of tap into this Prince Harry story that came out today. Um, oh, yeah. it's It's sort of illustrative of the fact that when you don't have an actual free press that is untempered or unlinked in some way to power, when that piece is unplugged, this is what happens. You just have like a sort of like gradually moving towards authoritarianism, fascism. They just are allowed to get away with it. Uh, Where this should have been like people like you and me making videos shouldn't need to exist. Like the way that this should work traditionally is that they do something cunty, something crooked, and then 10, 15 journalists are there like sniffing it out. Going, well, hang on a second. This bit of paper doesn't add up with that bit. Maybe I'll talk to this guy. Maybe I'll double source it. I'll double check. Oh, yeah. Something doesn't smell right here. I'll go for the scoop. But where we're at now and we've been for the last 10 years is nobody gives a fuck about the scoop. Everyone's just like, who's who is it concerned? Oh, Mog. Is it? Oh, no, no, we like Mog. Yeah, he's on our team. We're Team Blue. Go and find something about Team Red. Like, and then that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, and it's not just that, though. Like, what I discovered from looking into it more is that they actually, they will not get invited to the briefings or they will not get invited to the um, events or the, the, you know, the press conferences. Like, we've had situations with, like, journalists from independent outlets not being allowed into things like the the Nat C conference and stuff like that, which is not entirely unexpected. But the way that the whole client journalism system works is if you are critical Mm. or if you brief against them, then that's it. You're out. You're out of the loop. Like you're cut out. So, but then that creates a bought press. 
that is just reporting on what number 10 wants them to report on. And then you've got like the whole, again, earlier this year, like the thing that kicked off with Lineker in the beginning, like people like Sharp buying their way into the BBC chair job. And then, you know, anyone that's critical having to to step down, like uh, Vordy was forced to, mm. to step down. Um, she wasn't sacked, but she... Um, she had a little job on BBC Wales, never talked about politics, quite a quaint little show where she just talked about quite chilled out stuff with local people because her personal profile, uh, she she was like holding the Conservatives accountable. That's it. Like mm. um, that was apparently a breach of, of the contract. And mm. they're trying to do the same with Lineker. And if they do, they're going to be in trouble because last time it led to Richard Sharp going you know, who's next on the hit mm. list? Bring it on, you know, bring it on. Let Lineker bring the lot of them down. Make him king. Yeah. I say. It would be funny <laughs> as fuck if, like, this sort of second round of it, this rematch, if you like, uh, ding, ding. Uh, if if it pulled down, like, a second BBC chair, like, <laughs> like that. Because then it'd be like Teflon. It'd be like, yeah, go on, Lineker. Go on, Gary. It'll become a doing word, won't it? Linickering someone. Like, yeah. Yeah, you've got Linickered, mate. Um, not this make. is the thing. Like, so I, I was listening to um, uh, to the news agency the other day, and John Sopel said something about like, you know, somebody within the BBC needs to, or maybe it was Emily Maitlis actually. One of them was like, they just need to to stand up for their own organisation. They need to say like, look, here is the the agreement. This is what contractors sign up to. We have to be competitive. If they're not working on news and current affairs, they get to say what they like on their own social media. It's not like he's on yeah. Match of the Day saying X, Y, and Z. That's just how it is. Yeah. Um, And you would think that such sort of self-professed purveyors of free speech would be okay with that. But for some reason, it really irks them. No, not like that. Not like that. Don't do free speech like that. You know, it's um, if if it if it's going against their team, they don't like it. And that's why it makes me actually laugh out loud when you get these like thick, fucking sausage lads coming up to you going oh the bbc's left wing is it fuck yeah like is it if only have you been keeping on track of this um this Gibgate thing uh robbie gibb was a i think director of news or something news and current affairs shows at the bbc he was previously i think emily maitlis and lewis goodall's boss um and they left and lewis goodall said something on a news agents pod ages ago uh he was like oh robbie gibb made made my life hell like and people had warned him saying like robbie gibb will get you um and it is gonna get you <laughs> and, and emily Maitlis alluded to him in a speech at the edinburgh oh shit yes she said, amazing speech yeah yes. she said there is an active agent of the conservative party within blah 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 yes. um and anyway maybe to be honest with you now it turns out Nadine Dorries, there's a passage in her book that probably very few people have read. So so kudos to whoever fucking went through that and then dug it out. There's a passage in there that said, that sort of talks about this awkward meeting where there's no minutes, It there was no agenda. Uh, I think it was Robbie Gibb was there in the back room and there was some pressure. Actually, maybe I'm getting him mixed up with the chairman now. I hope I'm not. But there, anyway, there's this sort of... Um, this uh, suggestion by Alan Rusbridger, the former editor of The Guardian, and a few others that are like, they were trying to install, as in the Conservative Party, and very, very closely affiliated people were trying to install their own preferred candidate as head of Ofcom. 
and it was somebody that was going to be party affiliated. And that was, was Richard Sharp. Uh, I think it was after Richard Sharp, wasn't it? Because Sharp also went for Ofcom. Was it? Yeah. And he got shot down. He got yes. he wasn't he wasn't able to. And he was the one who donated like four hundred grand to the Conservative Party and helped uh, Johnson get that eight hundred grand loan. That's right. Because it's the it's the um, culture minister and it is the prime minister, which I didn't know until it happened, that actually choose the BBC chair. But Ofcom, that's a whole different matter. That's now so Ofcom, I know Sharp definitely yeah. tried to get a job at Ofcom and, and failed. Mm. I thought you were going to talk about Geordie, is it Geordie Grigg or Geordie Grigg? Grigg, um, who was um, the Daily Mail when he did those unfavourable headlines and he got yeah. kicked out of the Daily Mail because he started actually holding the Conservatives accountable. That's, that's one of my favourite media stories is like for two weeks, the Mail seemingly lost its mind. Just went fucking went yeah. for it. it, it it was Patterson, wasn't it? Yes. Did it start off with Patterson or that fella? Yeah. What was the name of that dickhead that was in um, that was working for like the Cayman Island government or something as well as us at the same time? Oh fuck! Yeah, the lawyer. Oh, I want to say Osborne, but it wasn't. It was. It's on, it it's on the tip of my tongue. See, this is what we, I mean. You know, earlier on we were saying like, there's so much stuff you just got to keep notes, spreadsheets, like notebooks and stuff. This I is exactly what I mean. Notebook. Like it's in an old notebook, but it was, um, I did a video on it, but he was working literally for another government and he was earning more money working for them. That yeah. was on the front page. So was Patterson. Wow. And so was, uh, wow. And so was the let the bodies pile high. Mm. I remember those being very clear Daily Mail headlines because yes. I remember at the time on my little windowsill, uploading my videos, going, what the fuck is this? How <laughs> <laughs> are they actually, what, what are the, what's going on at the Mail? Have they like been injected with truth serum or something? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, he, so, yeah, so it was that two-week period. And you're right, it was uh, the Patterson scandal. Uh, and it was, and I always love to point this out to people who, who go on Twitter and say like, uh, you know, bring back Boris or I'm I, like, but we should never have got rid of Boris. He's an election winner. I'm like, it was Boris Johnson whose fuckery with Patterson trying to disband the standards committee and those mail headlines. That was when your lead, your 80 seat majority just started to tank and you you lost it. He lost it for you. Back. Yeah. It's never come back, has it? And that was ages ago. Man. That was November that was like... 21. Yeah, so for well over um, two years now, the Conservatives yeah. have never got back their poll lead. No. And the only reason that they were polling high with Boris Johnson is because very little of what he'd actually done had been exposed at that point. Mm. And um, I think if it hadn't been, if it was a combination, because did Partygate come before or after Patterson? It was after Patterson, wasn't it? It just stuck the knife was. in. Yeah, the three Ps. Um, Patterson, Partygate, then Pincher. Part, yeah, yeah. So it was those three, yeah, that that, that brought him down essentially mm. combined. But that's what it took to topple yeah. the, the giant grotesque bastard. So which is funny yeah, because I'm sure he said it would take a squadron of tanks to drag him out. But well, do you know what? It nearly fucking did. Like they, I remember being in Westminster the day. I think it was the day before that happened because me and Femi have got a picture of us eating popcorn outside Number Ten. I was <laughs> 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 so standing there together, like just munching popcorn. Femi went to the cinema to get it, Good for and. Him. Um, we, yeah. I remember we were walking through the streets of Westminster and we we're with Al from, you know, Sunday Roast. And he was like, fucking hell, Gove's just been sacked. And we we're like, what? And it was all kicking off at the same time. And in the end, it was almost like Johnson had set up like this siege, like he'd, he'd see, taken siege. And it was like, I remember seeing the list of all the different people that had resigned and all that was left was two people, one of which was Nadine Doris. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like people were gently going into the room going, uh, Johnson, don't you think it's... He's like, fuck off, get out, get out. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it was that is one of my favourite political stories, I think, was how desperately and unbecomingly, if that's a word, yeah. he tried to just cling on to the very last moment. There was no honour. No, at all. and whenever like I think back to that period of Dory's like just just hanging on in there. I always think of the last scene in uh, one of the last scenes in Die Hard with a Vengeance, where <laughs> there's so Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson are coming in on something, and then there's the bad guy and his woman, and there's all this sexual tension between them like the whole way through the movie, and then they're just getting down to it, and then Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson like interrupt, and Sam. Samuel L. Jackson's like, oh, she's really mad now. Like, Yeah, I would be. I'd be like, no, you're staying here. Finish the fucking job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but no, Doris, it was, that was just, I mean, she's still going on it. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know what, does he have a magic knob? Like, does he just jizz diamonds? I mean, I just understand it. How I does it? Have you seen her husband? Like, so, it, I, you know, I don't want to. She's got a husband. She's got a husband who is not dissimilar to Boris Johnson. He's like sort of quite a stocky guy, like mousy, grey, blondy hair. Like I, I remember, think she was married. I, I saw a thing on Twitter ages ago where they were like, well, I mean, she has a type. <laughs> I was like, what yeah. He could be like a body double or something for Boris Johnson, I think. Maybe. I'm just shocked that she's married. Really? She's, you thought she was a spinster she, she, or...? comes across as the most divorced woman in the world. Mm. Like, I'm just, I'm shocked that she's married. I mean, to be, to be honest with you, it's almost like beyond taking the piss out of her now. Yeah. Like, this is the problem that we've all got now, that it's like, it's almost beyond the point of taking the piss. Yeah. Like, you just, it's very hard to maintain that when there's no sport in it anymore. Yeah, you, know? you get to a point where you feel bad almost, like, eh, well, you know. I never feel bad. I just feel like, especially with, you know, under Pretty Patel, it was really grim. Under COVID, like all that COVID stuff, especially when we found out what they were really up to and all the exercises they ignored, it was grim. It gave you that kind of sick feeling because it mm. was just so dark and fucked up. And then when you found out about Partygate, again, it was that grim, not not in your stomach. And I feel even like all those things are worse about Braverman and her reign of terror. Mm. And um, it, it just got to the point where these people were just so twisted and there's such a small amount of accountability. I mean, Tory MPs just feel emboldened nowadays to literally just try and they even try and just smear and defame me on Twitter and they'll lay into like things like that they've arguably made worse. They'll pick on really personal things, and I'm like, I'm a pub, I'm a private citizen. Yeah, I'm roasting the shit out of you, but I'm a private citizen. Even yeah. if, if I were, it's like if I worked in Tes, if they worked in Tesco, they were like the Tesco manager, and um, I was arguing with them about a bottle of vodka, and I was like, I'll oh, fuck off you chubby wank or whatever they wouldn't be able to just turn around and start fucking laying it back at me yeah they'd have to have a degree of professionalism they wouldn't be able to just like throw the vodka on the floor and start fucking going in fist that's a good point like we used to have that i think like professional political standards where people would be like you know what the satirist over there has done this or like spitting image have drawn me to look like that but i'm like there's there's an element of respect and professionalism and i'm just not gonna lower myself to that level that is fucking gone like people like lee anderson gullis ben bradley um even mog like 
the, the, the standards, the um, the decorum has just completely left the building now. They feel empowered, I suppose. It's embarrassing. Like, yeah, like a, a lot of other people do. They get on Twitter and they they want the endorphin rush of having 500 people click like and go like, oh my God, Lee Anderson said this, isn't it funny? Like, But the difference is, right, the power imbalance with these, with, and it's always the men that do it. I mean, obviously Johnny Mercer's wife and I have had a few run-ins, but she learned the hard way not to fuck with me, really, when, yeah. when I made a nickname for her trend at number one in Britain. But in terms of the others, there's like massive imbalances, right? A, they're like far richer than me. They're earning salaries I can only imagine dreaming like of earning, which is remarkable because I could probably do their jobs with my eyes closed. Secondly, um, you know, there's a gender imbalance mm. and there's a massive power imbalance. All those things are massive power imbalances. So they can afford Booper. So, uh, you know, they come for me on things like, you know, bigging up the Samaritans at Glastonbury. And it's like, it's all right for you, dickhead. You could afford to see someone if you had a hard time, like most of us can't because of you lot. Um, and then obviously, yeah, there's the whole kind of like powerful man doing this to a woman. I mean, don't get me wrong. I provoke the shit out of them. Mm. But that's what people like us are on Twitter to do is provoke the shit out of them. And uh, yeah, there's no, there's no accountability whatsoever. And they're putting their foot in it because obviously that it'll be a record forever won't it mm. not that they care but it will it'll fuck the if the conservative party's ever if they ever restore any semblance of dignity or what used to be their values that's never going away yeah yeah it'll always be ever. there i do think that like, this period should be just like set in so there should be a monument there should be an actual like yeah, you know, sort of Whitehall statue to commemorate this awful period that we've all gone through. Oh, like, like, never forget like how bad the Tories got when they were untempered. They were allowed thirteen years to just run right. Look at all the looting. Like, there'd be a statue of a guy running off with like public money, and then on the other side, it'd be like I don't know, a dead old lady with COVID, and like just something there to you know remember how bad things got because they will oh. rebrand that's the fucked up thing after the ge they'll lose it some guy will stand up in the house of commons in opposition in a nice suit you know he'll be the new david cameron and he'll pretend to be environmentally friendly and he'll pretend to be a feminist and he'll pretend he'll be like we've lost touch with the with the british people and it's about time we re-engaged and listen to me and people will buy it they'll be like oh this guy gets it Oh, okay. I'll give him a shot because he's got. They don't pan out, or they won't pan out, and look at all the ugly machinations of CCHQ donors, whips. Like as soon as you get that party back in, whether it's in a coalition or a majority, it's going to be the same fucking business as usual all over again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think. I think I've got an idea for the statue. I think it should just be us lot, like with a raised finger, and it should be directly <laughs> outside Westminster. Mm. Uh, you know, is yeah. that is that a little bit conceited? I don't think so. I think we should make it. I think we should make it out of papier mache. Yeah, and um, I'm up for that. Well, it's not. It becomes not conceited if you do it out of papier mache. I think. Like, yeah, and then we can just set fire to it. If it's Greek marbles, we might have a problem. But um... Greek marbles. I actually like. I didn't know what they were until <laughs> until people started talking about them, and I just assumed they were fucking marbles. Like, yeah, yeah. I didn't know they were just like headless beings yeah. with tiny little knobs, you know. I didn't I thought it was actually actual like, you know, kids in the olden days, you know, in, in Rees Mogg's Victorian era, just rolling them along the floor, you know. And yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, what something I was going to touch on. So you, you mentioned a minute ago about like the power dynamic between you, a private citizen, uh, citizen, you, a woman versus members of parliament and men. And uh, but I also think like a, f- a fundamental piece that's missing from that on their side is that when you criticise them, when you prod the bear, it's coming from a place of, I mean, it might not sound 100% of the time, but it's coming from a place actually of compassion and criticism. So if you crack a joke about how sociopathic they are or how many people they may have killed through their policies, that is you criticising them in admittedly like a caustic way. However, Mm. if they then clap back to you and they're like, oh, well, you're just a vile internet troll, so fuck you and your Samaritan visit. It's like, okay, first of all, you've, you've taken the discourse down like through the barrel in in a way that you wouldn't have done 30 years ago um but secondly you don't get to escape the criticism like and drag this into a tit for tat thing she's making a good point and you've yet to answer it all you're doing is like trying trying to get the clicks on twitter like meet meet tan on the level where she's actually criticizing you do you know what i mean yeah they can't know that's the problem and the problem is for them that i will win because for whatever reason, I have this weird Manson-esque ability to draw a crowd, right? So within seconds, those fuckers are getting ratioed and they will have days of pain online mm. for this. Like they will just, I mean, just look at Brendan, as you said, with Brendan Clark Smith and the crowdfunder, right? He tried to set up days later, a crowdfunder for himself to get reelected. It's like, where the fuck is your sense, mate? You've just been roasted for, for like two days straight. So he went onto his crowdfunder and started roasting him. But the thing is, the reason that they do this, again, is feeds back into that whole deflection thing that I was talking about. They've got no answer. They've got no answer for why their government have cut vital suicide prevention services to Samaritans. Okay, Mm. this is exactly what they've done. And the way that those vital services were rolled out to communities was the most vulnerable got them first. Mm. So now they've decided to cut them, the most vulnerable are going to lose them first. Mm. So what is their... They don't have an answer to it, do they? So it's easy for them to just dismiss me as a troll because I've maybe called them, I don't know, a a shoe zone wanker or something. Um, But... It's the, the the criticism, as you're saying, is valid and it is it is a, a valid criticism and it comes from a place of giving a fuck about these people. Um, but because they've got nothing, they mm. just they just fire back or they deflect or they go, oh, well, what about this or what about that? But there are some in particular, like I think it was Mark Jenkinson. He's got a real name for himself in particularly targeting women. I think he was um punished or he was um something happened to him he was investigated for um publicly trying to troll Stella Creasy the Labour MP oh right and then he he was making kind of really sexist comments um about me online um a serving MP Mm. um you know some of their behavior does sometimes even shock me but then it'll just merge into this one big ball of not surprised don't expect anything less and that's Mm. how they get you isn't it it's like that's how they get away with it i suppose it's there's an element of like if they go after you personally is that supposed to shock you into going like oh god i didn't expect him to reach out and like you know they still won't win like they're not i mean they're about as uh popular as 
a wank in a park like they're not gonna they're, they're none of this i think a lot of it now is just literally for them to just try and get a jab back yeah um it's just for them to try and make them try and make themselves feel better but um there's something so like deliciously sad about that though in that when they do clap back like they might get 100 likes from like flag accounts and so on but i honestly feel like the the flag accounts that like them that flock to them like a swarm i think there might be a few genuine ones but i think a lot of them are bots and mm-hmm. i think that's borne out when you look at, uh, at the polling like when you yeah. look at how poorly they're polling and when you look at Vox Pops and you look at the audience of like majority Tory audiences on Question Time and still nobody puts their hands up to like yeah. vouch for the Rwanda policy or whatever the policy or scandal might be that you're arguing with these people about. I think they feel buoyed and uh, emboldened by getting the hundred likes. But then it's like it's like you're living <laughs> living in an echo chamber. Like I know we're all in echo chambers on Twitter, but yeah. that is that's a deliciously sad one because it's like then you've got this Mark Jenkinson chap, you know, off in his room, like going, "Yeah, <laughs> I showed her." Meanwhile, nine months later, there's a general election. It's like, hang on a second, now I'm confused because I thought everyone thought it was a fucking legend, but it except out- like that doesn't even happen on Twitter. I mean, the thing is, they will get their like hundred likes from these bot accounts, and then I'll get a hundred percent organic like 300,000 yeah. or however many I've got on, on Twitter, kind of like all with their own very original, very funny a lot of the time style and ways of ripping the shit out of a Tory. Yeah. So they'll just get different versions of me, like people that feel how I do, Yeah, just fucking mercilessly hounding them. Yeah, And I'm just like, do you know what? Go for it. Like, it's a Tory. I don't give a shit. Because all bets are off with Tories. People go, oh, you go for the adonium. Um, I can never say that word. Adonium? Adonium? Um, for the personal uh, yeah. insults, right? You'll go for... And I'm like, only to Tories. Like, if anyone else comes for me, yeah. But they have to come for me first. With a Tory, I will just go straight into just throwing whatever I've got at them. But if it's a civilian... Only in self-defense do I ever kind of clap back. And even then, you'll see me do it once out of every 10,000 dickheads I have to deal with online. Mm. Um, but with it, when, with Tories now, all bets are off, and they're going to see that at the general election. We're going to fucking have them. I think that that's, deal. yeah, like that's a, that's a key thing to uh, make a note of, I suppose. It's like when people, when you have the Tories online, there is an argument, there is a case to be made that you shouldn't go in too murderously um, uh, harsh on them. They're, they're MPs, they're, they're family people, you know, don't don't upset them, don't lower the tone. I always look at it like you're still a representative of an institution that is murdering people. <laughs> I mean, we can like I'm sure you're a nice person and I'm sure this person over here is a nice person. I'm sure you love your kids. And you only want the best for society and you got into this with good intentions. But the fact remains, you stood there with the blue rosette asking people to vote for you, fear mongering that like, they shouldn't vote for this other team over here. So you're stamping down potential of progress and fairness to get your team in again. And the policies that your team are putting out are going to fucking kill people. So if, if that is civil... <laughs> Absolutely. I'm happy to be uncivil. Yeah, their voting records alone. Like I tend to, and I I'm just as a aside. Yeah, I've never ever gone for the families of um, like Tory MPs. No, ever. no, like ever or kids. They're off no. limits. Like as far as I'm concerned, the only reason that Johnny Mercer's wife 
got on the radar is because she thought she'd she'd give it the big one and come for Vordy publicly. And Vordy's on our team, so Vordy yeah. got support. That's that's all it was. And she she was vicious and unprofessional, and she's on the public payroll, mm. so she's different. Whereas I wouldn't just start kind of like trying to look up members of their family. Like it's, I purely hold them as MPs accountable for their behavior. Mm. I, you know, I would never, I'd, I'd see it as stooping low to kind of start having a go at their kids or their wife or whatever. Cause that's mm. I mean, an example of that was cleverly. Um, James cleverly posted a tweet about his a wife. I think it was, that was suffering from breast cancer. That's right. I remember. The first yeah. thought that came into my head was you fuck the cancer targets. There's loads of people on waiting lists that are going to die. I scrolled on. I said, fuck all. I'm, I left it. I might've even, um, there were other people that I knew mm. on, on that thread that were wishing him well, you know, I didn't wish him ill or hurt ill. I just scrolled on. You know, mm. I just left it. That's not, that's got fuck all to do with me. If he wants to talk about that, he can. I'll come for him on another day on another thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because um, that's just basic human decency. It's not, you know, that's that's the thing that was I think was so galling about the Brendan Clark Smith thing. Because if he had actually been open and he'd said, look, I want to sort out mental health. It's a terrible thing that, you know, obviously the Samaritans are having to pick up our slack. I've had mental health issues. You know what? I'd be like, well, fair play to you, lad, for like saying something about it. Mm. Fine. Would I attack him for it? <laughs> never. No. Never. That is an insane thing to do, especially even as a private citizen, let alone being an MP. So, yeah, they've lost their heads because they know that they're never going to earn this much money again unless they start trying to suck the dick of the, the producers at GB News, which, judging by their record of sexual assault claims, would probably help them get the job. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but then, I don't know, maybe then they get the job and then other legacy accusations and allegations come out and then they lose the job. So, um, got to suck a lot of dicks to be at GB News, apparently. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's why it's called, that. that is why it is dimly lit. Yeah, I thought you were going to say that's why it's called like BJ News. I thought you were going to go BJ News, GB News. I, I call it dimly lit telly for thick fucks because um, yeah. that's what it is. Sure. Sure. Um, it's and it and it's also got all those kind of like the sad rejects. It's like the raggy dolls of like eighties and nineties. Yeah. You know all racist now. It, it, yeah, it's a bit sort of retirement home, isn't it? I hadn't thought of it like that. It's like Eamon <laughs> Holmes. Like I'm sure Eamon Holmes is a lovely guy again, but Eamon Holmes is on there and Diamond is on there. Eamon Holmes is a cunt. I've never liked the guy. Um, he he's just really sexist. He was always is really he? sexist on this morning to his own wife. He used to come out with these old my wife tropes and she was like, I'm like, mate, you're punching. Like, <laughs> shut up. Like, she, she's, you know, he used to always make out that he was like, oh, poor downtrodden husband. Yeah. Like, mate, you look like something someone shat out. You should be lucky you've got a wife, you know? It's, I saw... And now they've got Peter Andre on there. <laughs> yeah. Andre. See what I mean? Retirement home. It's like Honestly, people with it's, showbiz it's, careers that ended like, you know, 10, 20 years ago or something. And now they've got this, you know, well, you know, how am I ever going to afford the beach house in Spain? If I don't, I'll just do one, one last energy. job. They're the real McCoy town. That's what they are. It's one like, it's last like job. cocoon telly. Yeah. It's like the cocoon. T- <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. It's like, that's it. The, 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 the jigs up. You're fucked. You're fucked. Yeah. Uh, what do I do? Oh, um, GB news are calling. Like they've never, um, I can't remember who it was now. Um, 
I don't know who, like a number of people in our political chat group have been asked to go on GB News before. Yeah. They've never asked me. I just want them to. Um, Piers Morgan's um, show once asked me to go on. Yeah. Um, He's on talk, isn't he? Talk and I was TV. like, fuck off. It's Piers Morgan. Like the guy has me blocked on Twitter. Yeah. Um, over one comment where I took, like, just mildly took the piss out of him. He wouldn't be able to handle it. Well, his producer, I don't know who, if maybe his producer's changed now, but I'm sure that I've seen this a couple of times where some, like, the producer reaches out to a, a sort of quote unquote lefty. Um, they say, oh, Piers is a you know big fan of what you do and he would love to get you on and then talk. And then the person like screenshots the fact that Piers Morgan blocked them. Yes. <laughs> Already like, big fan. Okay, all right. That's what I did. That's exactly. And, and also, I think um, one of the funniest things was when Patsy, I think they wrote an entire byline article um, on Patsy. It was either GB News or Talk TV mm. of her kind of like pretending for the whole day that she was going to go on just to leave them up shit creek without a rib, uh, up, yeah, without a paddle. Yeah. Just absolutely screwed. Um, but it's I've seen some really funny responses to GB News asking people in our particular campaign group. Yeah, it's hilarious. Like I've heard you know. stuff like I, I won't name names. Uh, but I've heard things about like producers on shows over there and they fucking hate working there. They don't want to work there. They would rather be working at like LBC or Sky. Uh, they ju- they're they yeah. just looking for an out. <laughs> and yeah, it just it, it makes me laugh then when I see like these videos. Like there was one on Twitter today of like all of the, the GB News staff welcoming Nigel Farage back after he's been in the joke. Oh yeah, welcome back. Heroes welcome. Walk down the thing. And I'm just like tweet, like clapping back on this. I'm like, can guarantee you probably half of those people are looking for jobs elsewhere. They wish they were working at like Sky or like a proper news channel. And they're stuck working at this fucking place. Everybody, yeah. everybody come out into the corridor. Nigel's going to be here in a minute. Come on. I want to see hands. Hands in it. To... Look out for the applause sign. Look out for the applause sign. <laughs> right, do me a favour. that picture of him like clinging on to some like young blonde thing, right? Yeah. And um, this young blonde woman. And he's got this like really weird long kind of nail on his left hand. Like, yes. Really, like, he's got like a kind of like weird nail. Mm. And it's just like that guy, honestly, I could without conscience just punt him deep into yeah. the fucking sea. I really could. He's got a really any... like punchable face, hasn't he? It's like really it's squishy. It's like like if you punched it. You would just, what would happen? Like, if you punched Nigel Farage, tell me metaphysically what would happen to you. I'd feel joy. <laughs> I'd feel nothing but unabashed joy. You know what? Do you know I'd what? Have, I'd have empty balls within 30 seconds. <laughs> do, you know, do you know one thing that always sticks in my mind when I think of Nigel Farage? One thing. It's so fucking rare mm. to survive a plane crash. So rare. Yeah, right. So rare. Yeah. So rare. How come he gets to survive and Aaliyah dies? That's what I want to know. Exactly. Why do we lose Aaliyah and keep him? Was it Glenn Miller that died in a plane crash? Don't know. Buddy Holly did. Fucking legend. You know what I mean? It's it's always like, you know, I, I think this every time we lose another legend, you know, I think they're gone, but they're, they're doing fine, you know, and it's just, there's no justice. It proves there's no God. I feel the same about myself when people I know that are good have died, like passed away. I just think like, she was so nice, such a nice person. And I'm such a piece of shit. Like, why am I still here? Like, do you know what I mean? You Aid, like you're 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 pretty you're not you know you know you're not at the bottom but you're, <laughs> you're 
list of people I think should go first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're you're in the top ten of the worst, though. But <laughs> cut yourself some slack. It's like fucking uh, yeah. what's it called? Top of the pops. Da, da, da. Yeah. <laughs> Up three places. Yeah. <laughs> Nigel Farage. Um, do you know what we've all been like? We've been gassing away for an hour, like we normally do, and I've not what even touched on some of the the stories. So I'm going to quickly go through some of the big stories of this year. Okay. Uh, okay. for the guys so at least i'm not done for false advertising um so here we go the year started and we will probably just get up to july because that's as far as i got to prep um so <laughs> the year started the year started in uh so january richard richard sharp chairman of the bbc allegedly uh organized a loan for boris johnson he would later be found to have done so and he would be forced to resign as chairman uh, of the bbc uh in a race to hire presenters who reflect the cognitively challenged community gb news hire Jacob Rees-Mogg as a presenter and Talk TV go with Nadine Dorries. In February, Truss makes a return to political life, complaining that her economic agenda was never given a real chance. How do you feel about that, Tan? Do you think we gave her a chance? <laughs> no. I mean, she, she had those sort of few weeks where my mortgage fucking exploded. So I feel like, you know, may, maybe well, you like had your shot. I'd like a chance with Liz Truss just to, but I'm not going to say why. Just five minutes with her, yeah. Five fucking minutes, I'll ruin her life. Yeah. Um, also in Feb, Dorries says that she will quit or stand down at the next election. Um, two weeks after saying she's got plenty left in the tank, Nicola Sturgeon uh, resigns. Starmer announces that Corbyn won't be standing at the next election. That's all in Feb. Heavyweight standing down. Bloody hell. I know. There's so so much has fucking happened. Um, in March, Honesty and Integrity's Rishi Sunak bans journalists from the Tory Spring Conference. Um, against all of the odds, this is a good one, in March, Brexit Barbie, Isabel Oakeshott, pulls a fast one on Matt Hancock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you pull a fast... How do you get things past Matt Hancock? He is one of the Conservative Party's intellectual titans. He's a Tesco value incel, man. He's, He's a, a cunt. weird guy. Weird yeah. guy. He is weird, weird. isn't he? Um, Fucking weird. Then we've yeah. got Boris Johnson at the Privileges Committee. Uh, oh, they ban God. him from Parliament. Uh, April, Fox News get fined $1 billion and part $1 of the settlement... $1 billion. <laughs> $1 billion. Part <laughs> of the settlement is that Tucker Carlson has to go, so he gets fired and he starts a show on Twitter. Um, presumably because... mad over there, honestly. Like, if I started delving into American politics, I'd completely lose my mind. Mm. I just keep tabs on it from a distance and that's it, because otherwise I'll just go... This is the thing. This is the solace that we can take is that as batshit as British politics has become, at least it's not that bad. I mean... You say that, all I get are Americans nowadays on my videos going, wow, you guys sound like us. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like loads of comments from Block. Americans on TikTok going, wow, this just sounds like the US. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our world. Oh, you just I guns. mean, I saw a video, I'm going to do a punk politics with this video. I saw a video on Twitter yesterday yeah. with this fucking lunatic draped in like trump paraphernalia and this sort of perfect teeth 
blonde woman in her 60s interviewing her and they're saying like what do you like about trump and this woman's like i just think he's a godly man he's just doing this for us because he loves us and he's looking out for us and he's a godly man i was like you're out of your fucking mind well who are these people (laughs) godly do you call fucking strippers and um you know, having like raping people and yeah. all that. You call that you call that godly. That's exactly that. well, almost exactly what I said. So it was that guy Moog on um on Twitter. Uh, what's oh, up, he's Moog? a legend. Yeah. Yeah, and I said like, you know, I it, I was sort of doing the you know the asterisks where you sort of say like this is what I'm doing sort of thing. I said uh you know shows her the rape allegation, the empty bank account, the corruption, the blah blah blah, and then like quote marks of her sort of saying like it's clear now. <laughs> It's clear now the Lord is testing me. <laughs> like... <laughs> they don't care, though. No. Like, fact, this is the problem. This is what has infiltrated Britain, too, which I've, I was thinking about just this morning, because on a lot of my videos, I get, um, if I mention COVID, I'll be very brief with this. I get loads of conspiracy theorist nutters before... Um, it's a massively, I think it's a US import, this stupidity, this anti-vax stupidity, because this this wasn't, it wasn't like no, this. Yeah. It didn't used to be like this. There were a handful of dickheads that didn't understand science or stats who don't even have the the, the cognitive or the education, um, let alone the, the capacity to understand the, the stats themselves, let alone, you know, the, the they're not epidemiologists. Like we used to have this mm. level of, idiocy and it's just people just getting worse you know they're just believing mad shit well it's the same as the sort of is it's the mark jenkinson sort of bot effect it's like people go on twitter or facebook or threads or whatever the platform of the week is um and they say something and then 100 bots or 100 like-minded idiots come along click like reply back and go oh you're so right tan yeah i've been thinking this for a while i, I don't know if dogs are real and then like everyone just gathers around they all get emboldened and they start a little social club and uh, <laughs> what is clocks <laughs> yeah. right let me let me try and get through this so let's get right. to may the lawyer who breaks laws suella braverman uh, gets caught up in a speeding row, partly for breaking the law, but mostly for allegedly trying to get her civil servants to secure her special treatment. But funnily enough, I've only just learnt this today. Robert Jenrick, who was her number two, i.e. immigration minister to her home secretary, he's given a six month driving ban at exactly the same time. What? Yeah. Speeding ban. Speeding course for her, six month driving ban for him. At the set, and I'm like, what the fuck were they on their way to? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. They what were they trying to like get away from a bunch of poor people? <laughs> Clearly, yeah. Really fucking quickly. Hey, here um, they come. Here they come. Robert, wait, 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 get the car. Um, you get to May, and that's it. You you were fucked from May. That's May. Um, How, what did you get up to? In oh, your I night? got uh, up to July. So oh, okay. Just bear with and me. Don't forget the coronation. Sausage fingers is coronation in April. Of course, yeah. Oh, okay. So we got the you got the notebook open. Good stuff. Uh, tactical in May also was the local elections in which we helped the Tories lose over a thousand seats. Yeah. Um, in the local elections, then there was um, the Nazi Nazi conference, the National Conservative conference, where Jacob Rees-Mogg admitted to um, gerrymandering, and that it fucked up his own voters to introduce oh, yeah. uh, voter ID. 
And that entire thing was just a mad fever dream run by right-wing think tank, the Edmund Burke Foundation, whose speakers have called for abortion to be banned and have suggested life should be harder for Muslims. So that was... Uh, they sound like nice guys. Um, nice guys. When, when was the Bibby Stockholm? That was like... Oh, shit. May, um, June, or was that... That was... Um, it was like I've, late spring, I think. Yeah, because I've got a bit of a drop off here up until June, because there was COVID and the, the COVID in um, the inquiry. Beginning. Oh, uh, June was uh, Bob Stewart charged with racially aggravated abuse for yelling at a man to go home. Oh yeah. Um, there was the 150 grand leveling up grant that went to Lubov Schnurkin, which is the businesswoman who donated over 2 million to the Tories and was married to the uh, former Russian finance minister. Oh, yeah. There was... Uh... I, lo I love the fact that there's so many sort of pinch points of like Russian infiltration into British government and specifically into the Conservative Party. And yet it's only this week that there's been that thing saying like, whoa, might have to look into the uh, relationship between <laughs> government, like... Um, uh, Kremlin-connected officials and and British, we we think there might be something to this. It's like, oh my god! Johnson sat on the report. It, it's in um, the book by uh, George um, George Peter Oborn. Um, yes, yeah. The, the it goes into detail about how um, Johnson specifically um, and them lot specifically sat on and tried to hide the findings of the Russia report, much like they did exercise Cygnus, the pandemic preparedness mm. exercise. But then, yeah, there was the Privileges Committee. Yeah. Um, the support, the, the report was scathing, mm -hmm. um, frankly. Um, there's a lot of swearing in this uh, part no. of the month. Um, like a lot of swearing. I'll kind of tip off a little bit in July. I've um, got in June, David Warburton is forced to resign following shit. pictures that appear to show him posing next to freshly racked up lines of cocaine. No judgment here, son. No, um, he resigned later. <laughs> he, no, do you know what my judgment was on him for that? I really fucking judged the guy. Who racks up cocaine on a baking tray? Like, <laughs> yeah. Put it on a fucking baking tray. And to look so like, smug as well. Like, he looked pretty smug about it. He's like, he looked pretty gacked up, to be fair. But he was, like, sitting there. Yeah. And it's on, on the bottom. Yeah. The greasiest part of a baking tray. Yeah. He's arguably the bit that touches the bits that no one really, really bothers to clean unless they're weird and they clean. A fucking baking tray. Yeah. But anyway. we should also mention here that... So it was, it was a little bit that, but it was mostly the fact that this 19-year-old or 22-year-old woman had said that uh, he had come back to hers and then he had sort of invited himself into her bedroom wearing nothing. And she and was he like... And three separate other counts or, or allegations of sexual assault made against him as well. Yes, yeah. He, he came to be to face some form of scrutiny for it or he was suspended, or the whip was taken away then. But mm. I remember making a video about that the year before, mm. where I made the very same kind of like a fucking baking tray. I remember thinking, <laughs> who puts it on? Like, I mean, that was one of the worst parts of it. I'll, I'll level with you. It was like, yeah. you just, what a waste. What a waste. Um, <laughs> these Tory boys, man, they don't know what they're doing. Um, uh, yeah. Kerry, Kerry in the chat, one of my Patreons, uh, is saying, interesting fact, Warburton and the tractor porn guy are both from Somerset too. 
as is Jacob Rees-Mogg, I get. Like, what is it about Somerset? What um, is it about those people? They, they're evidently lonely men that don't know how to do drugs. Um, do that's think? what I would... That's my kind of, like, general view. Maybe and we should do... We should, we should do a show down there and teach these... I mean, half of it will be, like, entertainment and satire. The other half of it will just be a sort of, this is how you do drugs. <laughs> Guys, you need to I learn... Mean, yeah. You're doing it yeah. all wrong. What are you doing? We should take him to Glastonbury. <laughs> do, 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 I, do I put it on the on the baking tray? No, you idiot. Baking this tray. Is, this is how you uh <laughs> this is how you do a bump and stroke a furry wall. Come on, join us. <laughs> now I would never party with a Tory. No. Uh, the rest of it, fine, but I'd never party with a Tory. It um, would be awful, wouldn't it? Because they would get all loved up and you'd still be like, get off me. You just yeah, you just you just what you Fuck do off. is you you just turn them loose into yeah. a really dodgy bit of the... But um, do you know what? If you spike the drink with an ecstasy tablet and then put them in to vote on, like, the future of the NHS, maybe they'd vote better on it. <laughs> I doubt it. They've, 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 they've got no souls. Um, they've got no souls. Oh, August was when it went truly mad. And um, because they won that by-election mm. um, based on conning loads of people over ULEZ, they decided that they'd come out as pro-motorist and try and win all of the elections on one thing, one wedge issue in one small area that they exploited. Yeah. Um, when it if, doesn't even affect the entire country. Um, if if so I had like, to try and sort of mock that as in as uh, concise way as I possibly could, I would say they mistook something that may or may not have won them the Uxbridge by-election very narrowly with a small subset of voters that were impacted by that ULES policy. And they were like, hey, maybe ULES is a vote winner <laughs> all over the UK. 400 <laughs> votes, right? And there was literally, I shit you not, about 150 candidates yeah. on the paper. And some of them were also like other different ULES parties and i think binface was on it there was a number of different people like yeah. fucking piers corbin wasn't he and I there was like so. like there was literally like i remember i was watching the outcome of that and i was sitting there just getting bored waiting for them to call it because there was like the cr the stage was full it was like they were going to do a fucking play yeah. there were so many people on the stage it was like the chorus were invited on <laughs> and, then, and then also there was the bit where um you know infosys there was the the mad rolling back of green policy because obviously the $1.5 billion deal from BP for Infosys, which you see that's dad, father-in-law's yep. business. And then there was the Bibby stock home in August. Um, there was a bit of a drop off in June because we all went to Glastonbury and got shit faced. Um, uh, and also it was summer <coughs> reefer, a recess, but um, yeah, there was the awful Lee Anderson shit in um, August. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and I've I've run out of notes now, but we've also sort of run out of time. So and the ECHR, don't forget them. Sorry, yeah, we have run out of time. Shit. Um, uh, oh god, there's so many more. Like there's so many more pages. This sort of brings us back to what we were saying, like right at the beginning of the show. Right, is like there's just okay. so so much incompetence, corruption, scandal, lies, looting. It's just fucking endless like you couldn't make i challenge anyone to make a sort of you know best of or worst of satirical thing and cram it into an hour because it's it, it's impossible. fucking impossible yeah yeah 
I don't know how we're going to do this wipe with um, with Gray. I don't know how we're going to do it. If we're still going to do it, I don't understand how. Well, I've already offloaded slash outsourced all of my hard work to him. I'm like, look, mate, I'll help you out with it. I'm happy to be involved. However, he loves you, what to do, man. You've got to send me the story that you want, and I'll I'll quickly film something for. But I'm so busy, Tan, and you're you're super busy. I know that you are. Um, so I'm a bit like I like I I can't get it. I can't fully dedicate the in amount of time that I would need to to it for me to make it what I would want to make it. Uh, but if I know exactly the character that I would want to play, and it's actually the first ever political kind of character that I did. It's kind of like a Jade Goody Essex style Brexit voter. Oh yes, um, I could see you doing that. Yeah, I just want to be some like yeah, I voted for Brexit because um, I'm sick of those. Bananas being all fucking bendy. I want them nice and straight, you know, like I like my men, you know, all that kind yeah. of shit. Like just, just give it the whole. But at the same time, I think I'd probably vomit blood on myself, pretending, even pretending to be that human being. So yeah, know. there is an element of like when you become, Ugh. when you, when you fully give yourself to the character tan, you know, you become it. Yeah, I'm method, mate. Like this is the problem. I'm too method. Yeah. I'm a big fan method. of method acting. I've I've been actually quietly method acting an insufferable, pretentious podcast host for the last three years. I don't know if you've noticed. You're fucking good at it. I am. I'm really nailing it. Um, yeah. Guys, in the live chat, thank you so, so much for joining us. Um, just while I'm, I'm sort of reading out some names to the Patreon members, naming and shaming, crediting and so on. Um, if you have any questions in the live chat that you would like to field to me and uh, Super Tansky, do chuck them in now. Um, yeah, be quick though, quick like a bunny. Yeah, be super quick because we've got to jump on Labour Social in fifteen minutes. Oh shit! Um, so just give a quick shout out now to my Patreon backers. You guys are fucking legends. You've stuck with me through thick and thin, and it means the world to me. Um, let me just. Quickly... He does love you. He wanks over you regularly. Oh my god, that is not part of the Patreon. <laughs> it is. It is. Even if he doesn't realise it, he is deep down. Uh, right. I'm just going to ignore all of that, Tan. Um, so right, sorry. so big shouts to Rachel Harris, to Bowman, to Kai, Chris D, David Voice, Martin Maracas, Mojo Sabian. Martin Maracas. Peter Del Monte. Del Monte. Um, uh, Pingu, uh, Stuart, T-Rex, Aaron, Aid, Alex. I've got an aid now, by the way. Not just me. I'm not the only aid in the cult. You're not the only one with aids. No. Um, Alex Finally. Souter, Jeff McGow, MJ Nichols is very new also. Um, MJ Nichols, good name. Yeah. Sounds like sounds a garage like MC, music. doesn't it? Sounds like a kind of um, like a, an R&B singer from the yeah. 60s. MJ, MJ Nichols. Nichols. Uh, Ned Berg, Sarah Setters, Simon Flack, Ailsa, Malcolm, Rodri and Kerry. Thank you so, so much, guys. Uh, let's quickly go back to the um, to the chat. We might not have any any questions. Um, Alex says, I'm watching South Park. It's depressing. This country needs cheering up. Um, that's what we're here for. All right. If you're watching South Park, I'm, you know, I was about to say I'm disappointed, but that's the whole thing yeah. of this show. So there we go. You're watching us whilst watching South Park. Yeah. Uh, Tim says, if you had to fall in love with any Tory MP, who would you choose, Tan? Death. <laughs> I think... Like falling in love is a big thing. I could probably sleep with a female Tory MP. I, there's a few that I could probably shag, yeah. um, but there's none that I could ever love. Yeah. I could hate shag a few of them. There's a couple guilty, guilty wanks. I would and do say. Do you know what? I'm, I'm even struggling to think of any Tory MPs I fancy. 
or could fancy, you know? Oh, there are a, f- a few, you know, Penny Mordant's beautiful, I think. Penny Mordant's all right, yeah. Pretty. Um, Mojo Sabian says, Tan, isn't there a real danger because of the disconnect between media and social media that an exceptionally caustic critique of an MP plays into them dismissing your work then as trollism? Yeah, probably. Um, but it's all we've got. I suppose, like, my expansion of that, if you like, would be like they've already dismissed the critique. So it doesn't That's really matter if Tan calls them a cunt or makes a joke about their appearance or um, eloquently criticises the policy. It's they, they're they not listening. And Yeah, I, mean, I, do all, I try to do all those things, to be fair. It's not like I just sit around all day kind of like laying into them physically. So I think there's, that's a pretty grim thing to do, really. Um, I'll try and make a kind of satirical joke based on maybe a feature as I would like a caricature or something. Mm. But on the other hand, um, you know, us lot, we wouldn't be rising, I guess, in popularity or have so many people following us and our output if they didn't agree with us and and the way that we're going about things. And I think also a lot of um, MPs and such are quite afraid of us and our influence because they can't control social media. They can control the papers. They can control, to some extent, the broadcasters. They can't control us. Mm. So um, in a way, it's kind of the only power besides, you know, like direct action that we've got. And that's why I try to encourage everyone to do it to do what we're doing. I think loads more people should be making content like this because we've, we've got more of a shot of getting out there, you know, the message. And it's not like you and I or Graham or anyone just sits around ripping the piss. We try to give people the information about what they're actually doing. It's, it's, it go, it's not just piss taking, is it? It's kind of information imparting. Yeah. To some yeah. I always like to look at it succinctly, like, um a lot of see now i'm saying succinctly i can't remember the exact fucking uh there's a lot of what is it like in there's a it's never it was like literally on the tip of my tongue there i was like oh don't forget this aid and it's immediately gone but something along the lines of like there's like in truth there is comedy or you know um and i think when you deliver something that is fundamentally true that resonates with people decorated in humor satire piss taking roasting whatever it is however you do that if it resonates in a way that makes people laugh or amuses them for two minutes i think that hits them harder and deeper it sticks yeah than than sticks and it does work and the thing is that all of us i know everyone like in our kind of group of people we all give a fuck (laughs) and we we're all affected as Mm. well so we're all feeling it and i think the thing is about our content is we give it to people in layman's terms like again you're not patronizing people you're just literally saying like all of us we're just stating our opinion on shit Mm. people don't have to like it they don't have to agree with it. That's cool. Um, but we have a fucking right to say it and we're going to keep saying it because it's just, you know, absolutely um, important and vital to us all that we do. And we're so far down the path now that there's no going back, really. Yeah. We're, fucking, we're in it until the end now. So um, we'll, do, we'll do one more question. We've got uh, the serendipity journey saying, can we organise some we made them cry in a sports hall T-shirts elect- uh, for election day? <laughs> Well, I'm going to be talking to Josh about this. You know, Josh is our mega mind. Because that was actually, I'm just, your your line and your memes were amazing around the times of the local election. Like your things that you put together was make them cry. Make them fucking cry. Yeah, yeah. 
fucking cry. That was AIDS line. And then I just added on in a sports forum <laughs> on election night. Um, so I think that we should we should get on that. Um, we should make some unofficial Stop the Toys, Stop Vote merch. Yeah. You know, because me and you, Aid, we're the naughty ones. We're the rogue ones. I think we should... Um... Well, this is it. So I, so I was saying to you earlier, but for the benefit of those in the in the live chat and indeed listening on, on Apple and Spotify... Um, uh, I was saying, you know, I'm going to be on Labour Social later. I hope I don't derail it. Like like last time I was on Labour Social, I was a bit rowdy. And that's the second time now that I've been on it and been like three or four beers deep. And I've got a, li- a little bit playful. And then the next day I wake up, I'm like, oh, God. I need to go around doing the apology rounds. But the, <laughs> thing is, right? the thing is, the problem is, Aid, me and you, we just we make each other worse. I know. So- I said, I, I think you and I both warned Graham. And I said to Graham earlier, I said, are you sure? Me and Aidan are going to fire each other up yeah. after this. And we're going to just pile in to fucking Labour Social and go a bit mental. And he was like, I like unpredictable. It gives me dopamine. And I was like, you don't know what you've asked for, Graham. Yeah, all right. You well, don't know what you've asked for. Because the way that you ended Labour Social last time, I almost spat out my hot chocolate with the, your yeah. mum joke. <laughs> he was like, my mum watches <laughs> And I've met Graham's mum and she's lovely. She's a lovely woman. I didn't know that she I didn't know that she was watching it. I was like, oh my god. He was like, he's like, so in in the WhatsApp chat later, he was like, I said, I said, oh, that was lots of fun. Thank you, man. And he was like, my mom watches my show, you bastard. I was like, oh, like I was, and I was just picturing. The thing is, I was picturing his mum because she's so lovely. When when we went up for Labour conference, Graham's mum made me the most banging roast dinner. Yeah, and she made this amazing gravy all by herself. And she brought out a cake, and she she and I got pissed. Like we had a couple of wines together. It was like such a laugh. Yeah, and then I I saw you drop that, and the way you set up that joke, <laughs> no one saw it coming. And at the end of it, I was, you know, there's very few occasions where I actually nearly physically just. Well, you know, that you gotta, was, yeah. That sometimes was... you just got to, you got to crash it down with a your mum joke. Um, <laughs> I love a your mum joke. Right. They're, they're so effective. I like it when people get offended as well and go, well, my mum is like, well, I don't care. <laughs> don't talk about my mum. Come on. Don't care. Um, right. I've got five minutes to wrap this up and get oh, the fuck sorry. on Labour Social. So, um. Thank you so much again to all of the Patreons. Thank you very much to Tan. If you're not following Tan, obviously go and give her a follow. I'll be back next Tuesday or Wednesday with the solo show and back next Friday night, maybe with a guest. I'm not sure if I've got anyone booked for the last week of the year sort of thing. But either way, I'll be back next Friday. Um, Take care of yourselves. Stay booge. Keep it hashtag Bimfluencer. And we're out this motherfucker. (laughs) 